and welcome again to Bible Unmasked Season 2. We are now on episode, episode 4, and we're so glad that you joined us again today as we study God's Word and as we also um, share our own experiences. And we're happy to have with us Andrew Loyton. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much. It's so Good to be a part of this Bible and Mask um, program today. Thank you. Good to see both of you. Thank, Thank you. Yes. In reality, he's not just Andrew Loyton, but he is Father of the Year. Yeah. I, that's what I like to call him. But when I see him with his with his little three-year-old, very active baby boy, I feel envious. I'm like, Lord, at my old age. If I could have Andrew's energy at his older age, <laughs> I would be father of the year. But he, man, listen, man, I love seeing how God fathers through you. It's it's amazing, man. And I, I praise God for you and, and uh, the example that you show as a husband and a father and as a mentor to so many people in ministry at the Plantation Church. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so Thank you. We are going to um, be getting into our Bibles soon. Before we do that, you want to grab your Bibles, but um, Dexter, could you share with us a little bit again of how we are studying the Bible this season and what we are doing? So we are studying the Bible in themes. And by themes, I mean, I'm using a central idea or a question or an issue, and I'm running that through the entire book. It makes for a very exciting, um, gripping experience in God's word. And the theme for numbers is becoming a better problem solver. And I came up with this theme because numbers, there's a lot of complaining. And I asked the question, what if, what if they chose to problem solve rather than complain? And if they did, what would be some of the big takeaways for us in our very lives and our day-to-day -day experiences? What, what, Concepts could we learn for being problems better at problem solving? Because look, you, you get paid to solve problems. The bigger the problem you solve is the bigger the pay you'll receive. That's just how life works. You start a business to solve a problem. The bigger the problem, the bigger um, the revenue. Um, so, so the reason we, we ask um, Sir Andrew Lawton to join us is, you know, he, he, he used to be a pastor at one of the largest churches in North America. Um, he's now a businessman. He, he was an IT guy. So he's had to solve a lot of problems to be where he is. And, and he runs a thriving business with his wife, Nicole. So I'm really eager and excited to see how he brings his experience, his insights to what we discover in the book of Numbers. Good. Okay, so let's begin with prayer, and then we're going to open our word, and we will be um, reading from the Bible and sharing. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, we are so glad to be coming into your presence together and to be sharing and to be um, searching out some of the, the tips that you have laid out for us in your word of how we can live better lives and how we can be um, by your grace. So please open our eyes and give us wisdom and understanding now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So Amen. let's go to chapter 18. 
of the book of Numbers, verse 19. Eight. Oh, sorry. Numbers 8, verse 19. Thank you. From among all the Israelites, I have given the Levites as gifts to Aaron and, and his sons to do the work at the tent of meeting on behalf of the Israelites and to make atonement for them so that no plague will strike the Israelites when they go near the sanctuary. So the tip here is seeing yourself as a problem solver shifts your attitude and focus. And so we see here that it's saying that the Levites are a gift. So the question is, how has seeing yourself as a problem solver shifted your focus and attitude? And that's a good question. I just want to explain what we do. Um, I have a lot of pointers on this, probably like 50 something. But I try to choose the, the most relevant or the most potent that, that as I see it, um, so, so just to give you an example of a different method of studying the Bible, right? So, so clearly Moses, God was, was helping the Levitical priesthood with their mindset. You weren't selected as a priest like Aaron's, um, like Hophni and Phineas, that's um, Eli's son, to be fat and to fleece the people. You were selected as a priest to be a gift. And the, the people who see themselves as showing up to serve, as showing up to leave the world better than they found it, th their minds and their hearts are attuned to problem solving. Because if you want to fix something, then you get into that fix-it mind. If you show up to receive and only get, then you in, you're, you're in that entitlement mindset. So, so one of the first things I have discovered in, the, in strengthening your problem solver is showing up to help, showing up to serve, showing up to make a big difference. I, I mean, Andrew, I see the kind of madness, madness you and Nicole has been, have been doing in children's ministries. But, and, and this is not to, to make anyone else feel bad or anything like that. And I'm saying it, he's not saying it. But the children's ministry has been the most popping ministry of our 700 member church, especially in the last two to three years. Um, it's, it's very visible. I mean, they've gotten a hundred and something kids to go to Lion Country Safari. Um, they showed up to solve problems. They didn't show up to say, okay, what can the church do for me? And I'm, I'm suggesting family that when you show up to say, okay, how could I help? How could I make a difference? That's where the problem solving strengthens or ability to, to be a better problem solver um, happens in you. All right. Yeah. Good. That's that's awesome. And, uh, you know, and Dexter, I, I must say that um, being a problem solver has really um, helped me to have a positive attitude. And um, it has changed the way I see things because before I used to look at the problem and take the stress and, you know, get really, you know, antsy over situations. But being a problem solver has helped me to really take, shift my focus from the problem and put it on the solution. Come you on. know, it puts the other side of the problem. And so um, I enjoy solving problem now and i have i have the the greatest partner that can do that with me um my wife nicole my goodness i really was here 
because we feed off of one another. She is a great problem solver. And um, as we brainstorm things and dream together, we just find solutions to a lot of things that, um, you know, are, you know, we, we dream of. And so um, just to, 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 as you mentioned, children's ministry, um, a lot of times we come up with these ideas about, you know, going to this country safari or we, we plan to do, um, you know, go out and do the Thanksgiving outreach. And um, it's not all clear, you know, uh, we have a lot of um, hurdles to hoop through, but we do it and um, we come on the other side and we celebrate because we know that we serve a, the ultimate um, problem solver, which is God. You know, uh, we really have to take us through all of the hurdles. But talk, to, you know, that, that whole homeless ministry thing, Andrew, I, um, you know, I did homeless ministry for almost a decade in California. Uh, but man, the innovative things that you guys have done, when I saw you all had a bus, when I saw you all were doing showers and haircuts, and you, you even went, I mean, you went from the ridiculous to the sublime when you even had a comedian. You even had a comedian, a Christian comedian come to your, your, your feeding um, to entertain the homeless people and just give them joy. So what I like about you guys showing up is you realize that it's not just the physical, but people also need to be nurtured. They need to be feel, they need to feel like people. And, and yes. if, if there's one problem I think you have solved is the problem of making, it's, it's putting value and dignifying people's worth. And I, I and kudos, kudos to God in you guys. Well, thank you. Well, we, we, we haven't done it without a, a, a team, um, you know, just uh, Nicole and I sometimes are the face of what we do, but we have a tremendous team in the children's ministry and we really appreciate the plantation family for always supporting what we do. We're coming to that question in a while. Don't, 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 don't jump the gun. <laughs> okay, let's go on now to number two. So if you go now to chapter nine, and verse seven and eight. So they came to Moses and Aaron that same day and said to Moses, we have become unclean because of a dead body, but why should we be kept from, from presenting the Lord's offering with the other Israelites at the appointed time? Moses answered them, wait until I find out what the Lord commands concerning you. Um, so this is a select few people, and they were just ready to do the next Passover, and they were asking this, can we be part of this? And so our tip here is challenging an unfair system. So our question is, have there been, has there been a cause you stood for that stirred creative ways for you to solve that problem? Wow, that's good. That's good. And, and here's what Chris Here's what's crazy about this list. Mm -hmm. This is a system God basically established. I mean, how could you challenge something God established? Right, yeah. You know, but, but these guys were like, look, we love God. Mm -hmm. We, we want to we be a part of, you know, of, of, of connecting with him, but we're being blocked because of this tradition. And, and basically, they came to Moses like, yo, Mo. Yeah, you know, hook these brothers up. We have a problem with this. And Moses went to God and God is like, yeah, they're correct. They're correct. Let, let, let's change this. 
And what I like about this powerful passage, now again, I'm choosing passages out of the, the, the several of the pointers I've found on problem solving. But I just want to give you a taste so that you can go and read the book of Numbers yourself and just delve into the thing, man. It's sweet. But watch this. The problems that we have in, in whether it's politics, whether it's church, whether it's some of the businesses we are part of, whether it's products that we don't like, is the seven deadly words of stagnation. And those words are, we've always done it this way. These cats were like, uh-uh, you've done it this way, but it's not working for us. And this is not the only example in numbers. You, 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 Drew, I know you remember the, the daughters of, um, let's, I don't remember his name, like Zorofafat. I'm, I'm messing up the guy name. Um, the, yeah. the, the, their father died and the, his inheritance was going to be lost. They would not have gotten it because they were women. They're like, this is unfair. Nobody had questioned that before. You have to be prepared to question systems that are unfair and that's not working and not practical in order to be a better problem solver. Yeah, yes. You know, even um, with the homeless ministry that we um, we do, uh, as you know, we go out uh, twice a month to feed the homeless, but on uh, Thanksgiving Day, we have this um, more elaborate outreach to care for the homeless. We bring in the bus, as you said earlier, we bring in barbers to cut hairs and give, you know, um, skin fades, you know, if you're interested. And we also, um, you know, bring in health professionals to give resource to help them to get back on their feet. And I remember um, when we started doing it, um, the city did not want us to um, encourage um, them to be on the street. So they didn't want us to do the outreach. And so we were challenged to get a permit from the city, but we have um, a soon to become lawyer, Tamira, um, Tamira Dawes, she decided to pursue it. And, um, you know, we were not only able to get the permit, but we were able to have the outreach. When we got there this year, um, with the permit in hand and everything like that, there was a policeman that said, oh, no, no, this is not going to happen today. And he challenged us and, um, you know, we told him that, look, we, we got the permit from the city and we showed him um, all of the documentation and he said, okay. And what we had planned to do was to get a police to do the security. Well, he ended up doing the security <laughs> for us for <laughs> because, um, and, you know, but he didn't start out like that. He said, you know, you know, like, this is not going to happen this day. We are not allowing these types of things to happen on the streets anymore. And he was refusing to have us set up. But by the time God had fixed the problem, because he's a great problem, he turned things around. He ended up being our security for the day. And, um, you know, we're able to have a wonderful outreach and um, care for the homeless. Let me tell you what I love about that amazing story. Let me tell you what I love about that. Um, the, the city, and you know, I, I don't knock the city because, but what they try to do is put one size fits all um, legislation in place. And, and they kind of have to do that, right? But it behooves mm -hmm. us 
It, it's it's yeah. upon us to basically say, look, I understand that you're trying to protect us. You're, you're trying to safeguard people against making nonsensical decisions that would hurt them and others. But, but yes. he, hear us out. This is what we're going to yeah. do. Here's the team we have in place. This is how the lives of the members of this city is going to be better because of what yeah. we're doing. You have yeah. to challenge systems mm. that are seemingly mm. set in stone. And I mean, this story is so, sorry, so amazing that the very one who said, not, not on my watch, he ended, up doing, <laughs> he ended up doing the watching. Yes. So that sounded like Balaam, right? When he came to curse Israel, only blessings came out from his mouth. Right? <laughs> okay, let's keep going on to number three. And let's go to chapter 10, verse 29 to 32. Now Moses said to Hobab, son of Reo the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are setting out for the place about which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well. For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. He answered, no, I will not go. I am going back to my own land and my own people. But Moses said, please do not leave us. You know where we should where we should camp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes. If you come with us, we will share with you whatever good things the Lord gives us. So here our point is to recruit help. And we touched a little bit on that, and we're going to get more into it now, is how have you limited yourself by thinking you alone can fix problems you've encountered? So this question um, reminded me... Um, of when I was doing our preparation for our wedding and um, I kind of was thinking, well, I could do it all or I'm not one who asks for help that quickly. And a friend of mine, she's like, you know, you need to ask people to help you because I was doing like all the wedding planning. Um, and so I did. And I'm so thankful I did because it really helped to get everything all together because I know I couldn't have done it on my own. And um Andrew, you have you mentioned about you have a team. Yes, yes, we, we do have a team. And um, very important to um, delegate whenever you're trying to execute um, or solve a problem. Because um, um, as, as the Bible would say, in the council of a multitude, there's wisdom. You know, and um, when you employ, you know, good help, you can execute um, it um, in a more efficient way. Um, I just remembered a, an example though of my, um, my eldest daughter. She um, is now 25 and next in, in a few months, she'll be getting her doctorate in law from Georgetown University. Oh, wow. And <laughs> so she, she's actually, um, and I know Dexter would love this one, She's actually going to be graduating the same month that our youngest daughter, Abigail, is going to be born. Stop it. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> father of the year and father of a doctor. Double blessing. Wow. So, so we're very happy. Um, we're going to be very happy that month, to say the least. But when she was growing up, um, you know, uh, when she was between six to seven, I used to comb her hair, and I could only comb hair in one. I make one big plait, 
or I, I part it down in the middle and make two big flats. I do three or I could even do four, but no more than that. But when she became older than seven, you know, you know, you really trying to look good and, you know, your friends are braiding their hair. I couldn't handle that. And so I had to ask for help <laughs> because, um, you know, I was raising them as a single dad at the time and I did not, I could not braid hair. I could not plait hair. So I remember asking for the, um, the women in the church to come and plait the hair and of course give them a donation. So that was a, an example of, you know, calling for help, delegating responsibilities so that we can have, um, you know, a good outcome. Now, now tell me about the, the, let's go to your children's ministry because you guys do a yeah. lot of, a lot of heavy duty stuff, a lot of really explosive out of the box kind of thing. How do you yes. go about, um, how do you go about recruiting help and how do you go about knowing where to put them to help? That's two in one question. Well, um, okay. One of the things that we do, um, or what is happening is, um, in, you know, initially, was very difficult to recruit help because, you know, if you know plantation, people are, you have many ministries and they're vying for resources. And so sometimes it's difficult to ask one person to do something because they're in other ministries doing other things, right? And so uh, one of the things that we've done over time is we have, you know, executed these different, um, you know, event ministry events and people see what is possible like for instance the we had um a sports evangelistic day you know where we invited the community to be a part of this um big sports day and we had it in the park where people come and um they saw us running races and everything when the church saw that we can do it and what it entailed and the excitement and how people um, were able to come and see who Plantation was. Then they have, you know, when we say we're doing it again, they, um, are, they are sold on it and they come and they're, um, up, you know, give their efforts to be a part of what we are doing. So it encourages them as they see what is possible for them to come and be a part of the ministry. Makes sense. Proof of concept, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Let's keep going now on to question number four here. And we're looking at chapter 11, 21 to 23. But Moses said, here I am among 600,000 men on foot. And you say, I will give them meat to eat for a whole month. Would they have enough if the flocks and herds were slaughtered for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them? The Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. So our point here is don't let your math mess up your miracle. Question. <laughs> How has scarcity thinking hindered you from coming up with creative ways to solve problems? Wow. And that, that's a really good question for you, um, um, Mr. Loyton, because, you know, well, this to me is the precursor of the five loaves and the two fish. 
Because <laughs> Moses was talking like, like Philip and the disciples. He's like, look, Lord, you say you're going to feed them. You're going to give them meat. Do we have to kill all the fish in the ocean? We don't have a large <laughs> net like that. I mean, do, do we have to like, gather all the animals? And he's looking at the numbers. So, so it's almost like Andrew, you know, um, um, pulling aside this kid with his little lunch, right? Just for a kid. And, and he's mm-hmm. like looking at the 5,000 families, which is like 20,000 people. And he's saying to Jesus, what are these among so many? But I'm happy he said it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, because little, of course, becomes much when it's in the master's hands, right? Um, That's but, right. But you, 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 I, I, Nicole shared a story a while back on one of our finance seminars that you had a, you opened the office, you guys run a, a healthcare business. You opened yes. the office in Broad and, mm-hmm. and then you went out on a limb and poor Nicole is quaking. She's like, okay, did my husband take his medication? You know, is he okay? You know, you didn't want to open another office in Miami. Uh, so, so, so just talk a little bit about because clearly you don't have scarcity thinking. And she's looking at the account, you know, she's almost letting her math mess with her miracle, right? She's looking yes. at the account and she's like, we, we, we Miami, that, that's cost. We, we don't have the clients as yet. So talk about that process of stepping out by faith. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. Yes. Well, um, you know, I, you know, the, the whole, a journey of starting the business is a, a big faith walk because uh, I remember when we just started, um, we were in California at the time and God impressed us to start something here in Florida. So we had to move everything like um, Abraham and, you know, come in a different place to start up this business. But as you rightly said, um, as time went on, we started, you know, um, uh, with just Nicole and myself. And at the time, we had our two children, two older children, um, helping us to run the business. But after a while, they went back to school and it was just Nicole and myself. And so um, we started the Broward office and then God impressed us to start um, the Palm Beach office before even the Miami office, he um, started the Palm Beach office. And we, um, at the time we had a consultant who said, um, no, don't do it because at that time, Nicole was pregnant and she, she was expecting. And the consultant said, no, with this young baby, you definitely don't want to start another office. And you don't even have one client in Broward. So we had no business. Right. And um, the, the impression from God came very strong to me. And um, I said, you know, I think we need to do this. Um, I think our first client is going to come through Palm Beach office. And Nicola say, man, you're crazy, man. Imagine the, 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 um, the consultant is telling you, don't do it. And you're still going ahead. And I said, you know what? I'm I'm impressed by the Lord that this is what He wants us to do. And you know, being the great wife that she is, man, she said, "Listen, all right, if you said it, we'll do this." And we 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 prayed together, and we started that office. Wouldn't you know that um, 
Three years later, after carrying the overhead for two offices, seeing, as you said, um, looking at our account and seeing the money just dwindling away, um, the first client that we had came through that Palm Beach office. And what is the, the bigger miracle is that 95% of all of our clients now come through that office. Oh, so wow. if we didn't, we wouldn't have even had um, business here in Broward. You know, so um, it was an act of faith. It was an act of taking our mind, as you said, off of the scarcity of what we had and putting it on God, who is the provider of all things. He owns everything. And so we have nothing to fear by trusting him and his word. Wow. And one other thing I want to tell you before, before I end. Um, while um, before God opened up the floodgates, um, while things were dwindling away, while the budget was getting very slim, he said to us that we should give him back 20% of everything we had. Yes. And of course, the, the math did not work out. <laughs> the, the math did not work out for us to do that at that time when, you know, we weren't even getting any business. It didn't make any sense. But that's what God said. And guess what? We, we, we decided to do that and, and be obedient to God. And wouldn't you know it that in less than about two months after that, that's when we got our first contract. That's when we started getting the clients through that office. And everything is history from there. God provided for us because we trusted in what he said, even though it didn't make sense. Wow. wow. Thank you, Andrew. That is so encouraging to, you know, yeah. be faithful to God and to, um, you know, just focus on him as the problem solver. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. I feel very encouraged by it. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You, you make me want to just go out and walk on water right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I want to, want to again, along with um, Liz, really thank um, Andrew Loyton. Um, Nicole, you're such an amazing support. Um, you guys are such a one-two knockout punch. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your mentorship. Um, thank you for being such an example. And I'm so excited for Abigail. Abigail, I hope you get to look at this a couple of years from now. We love you in the womb, girl. I just want you to know that. And your Amen. father has been father of the year for three consecutive years now. Nobody's even remotely close. Um, so I want to tell you guys about next episode, which is episode five. I have, I have some really dynamic Brazilian woman coming in next week. Um, one is a beautician. The other one is a, a psychotherapist. And they're going to walk us through the theme from the book of Deuteronomy. And the theme is learning from the past for a better future. Here's your homework. I want you to go read Deuteronomy because Deuteronomy is, is the, the, the proper translation really is the second reading of the Lord. Moses is walking them through their journey in the wilderness and he's pointing to particular experiences and saying to them, remember this, remember this, but there are categories, there are categories I have found of different types of things he wants them to remember. Remember so you don't live in fear. Remember so you could, you could walk in humility. Remember so you can trust God for your abundance. I don't want to give away too much because I want you guys 
to, to tune in next week, 7.30, Plantation TV, right? And come and catch, come and catch um, these profoundly powerful um, faith warriors share from the book of Deuteronomy. Okay, thank you. Yes, we want to close now with a word of prayer, and I am going to call on Andrew if you could pray for us as we close, please. Loving Father and our God, we are so grateful for this opportunity to share and to discuss your word and how you have um, brought us, dear God, through many um, uh, problems, dear God, to a better place, to, uh, uh, to meet our goals and give us solutions, dear God, when times seem so difficult. We thank you so much for Liz and Dexter, and we thank you, dear God, for the wonderful ministry that we are doing, dear God, in presenting the word to us from week to week. We ask that you continue to bless them and keep them in your will. We thank you so much for our plantation family, dear God, who is in tune today, and we pray, dear God, for all the many other viewers, dear God, that is tuned in to listen to your word. Continue to be with us and bless us and guide us in your will, we pray. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God.